in a day and age where we have nearly unlimited options and opportunities, how do we live in a way that's meaningful and with purpose? And today's guest, Mark Manson, has explored that question deeply and his no-nonsense attitude and style of writing has attracted millions and millions of readers to dive in. And today we're going to dive into that topic and more. So you're going to want to listen. Let's get right to it. This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. For as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Pesavento. And today I have a very special guest. Mark Manson's in the studio today with me. How are you doing, Mark? I'm good, Stephen. It's good to be here. Well, I am really grateful to have you. And for many of you guys know, Mark Manson is a two times number one New York Times bestselling author whose books have sold over 13 million copies worldwide. And before he was an author, he was a blogger, which he started back in 2009. And today his site has more than 15 million people a year reading and learning. And he wrote a number of books, one that you guys often have heard about, uh, Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, and the second popular book, Everything is Fucked, a book about hope, which I just think are both phenomenal titles. And I've personally read Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck a number of times, got a lot from it, so I super appreciate you putting this together. But often it's misunderstood at face value. You know, the subtle art of not giving a fuck isn't a book about not caring. Rather, it's a book about caring about the right things. And I guess that's the subtle art. So, Mark, what I'm curious about is when it comes to happiness, it's all about the art of caring about the right things. How did you come up with this? And can you tell us more about what that means? Sure. So, I mean, the title, the title is a little bit of a, it's kind of like a Trojan horse, you know, it's like people see it in the airport. They see it in on Amazon. They're like, Oh man, I wish I didn't give a fuck. And, uh, you know, cause we're all stressed and exhausted all the time. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the book and you discover like, Oh wait, hold on. You have to care about something. And actually the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the things that you choose to care about. And that's where it starts to get very philosophical and personal. And I, I, for me, it was just, I started to notice over the years, both in my own life, but also in the life of lives of my readers who contacted me all the time that, you know, with social media and the internet and, and all the information that's available to us, it's, as amazing as it is, it, it, it is, it makes it confusing to know what is worth, uh, putting a lot of investment into putting a lot of our time and energy and, and emotion into, um, you know, when there's all of these opportunities and potential things that you could be doing with your life or all these silly things on Instagram with people in front of beaches and, you know, and all these amazing locations or whatever, it, it's, it becomes more complicated to know what is actually worth pursuing and what is actually worth uh, a little bit of time we have in this world. Um, so I wanted to write a book about that, about the kind of, to me, the most fundamental question of, of our day and age, which is, okay, you have access to everything now. What are you going to, what are you going to use it for? Yeah, it's, it's so important uh, to be asking ourselves this question about how do we, 
have fulfillment because we're in a world where everything is better by nearly every measure for society, especially for us that live in developed nations. But even those who don't live in developed nations often live better than any society or generation previous. But it doesn't always feel like that. So, I mean, how do we navigate this into a place where we can find true happiness and enjoyment um, in a world that is full of all these things pulling us in the direction of not feeling that way? I think I think it's it's incumbent on all of us individually to to understand the information environment that we live in. You know, so the nature of the internet is that we are always going to be exposed to like the top zero 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 one percent of whatever is happening in the world. And in some ways that's great. It's great to be able to access, like have access to the excellent and extraordinary in every different way. But it's, if that's all that you're paying attention to, if that's all that you're spending your time on, that starts to have psychological repercussions on you. You start to get this kind of skewed or distorted version of reality, and you start to believe that the world is that way um, when it's not. And so for me, it's, I've got this concept that I talk about in, in my second book uh, called the attention diet, which is basically you know the same way that we at some point we had to learn to be very conscious and aware of the food that we were putting into our bodies. I think that we need to develop a consciousness and an awareness around the information that we are putting into our minds. Uh, that if you, if you overindulge um, on many things that it, it can make you mentally lethargic and obese. Yeah. So you really have to be able to be intentional about what you're consuming, what information's coming at you. Otherwise, you're going to be in this spiral of comparison land where you're not going to be happy. And so what I'm curious is, you know, how do you apply or identify the best the best balance of caring versus not caring, of focusing on the right information? How do you end up balancing saying, no, that doesn't matter. I'm just going to push that out. I'm, I'm totally fine with that versus, you know, obviously being a crazy person and not caring about anything. <laughs> um, well, I, I think there's a, there's a few vectors to evaluate it on. One, one is just <laughs> truth or evidence. You know, you, you want to listen to people who are qualified and know what they're talking about. And just that alone is difficult to find these days. But I think also, <laughs> also it's, um, I think we have to be realistic in that, you know, life is short and generally we all only have enough time to become exceptional at one, maybe two things if we're like very hardworking and very fortunate. And so I think it's, it's very important to get clear on what those handful of things are in our lives, whether, you know, in the, the one or two things in our business professional career that, we can be exceptional at and like double down on those, focus on those and shut out things that distract us from those, but also apply it to our personal lives as well. You know, it's uh, find the, the handful of people that you're going to have the most meaningful relationships with and double down on those relationships, find the hobbies that bring you the most joy and double down on those. Don't get distracted by all the other stuff that's out there. And so I just feel like that's the name of the game uh, in every area of life right now is, is who people who are best able to focus on their strengths and, and not get caught up in the whirlwind of 
nonsense that goes on online and on social media and in the world, um, you know, those are the people that are, that are going to get ahead. It's so hard though. I mean, it's so hard to not get pulled into it. And I, I notice for myself, I'm a person who doesn't watch the news nearly at all, but it's really easy when you kind of get a little hit of, of one of those stories and you get sucked in and yeah. then all of a sudden you realize what, why am I not feeling good? Why am, why am I thinking negatively? Why am I in this state? And thinking negatively is normal, right? It happens to all of us, even if yeah. we're kind of pushed these positive beliefs. I mean, what's your take on that? I, well, I think it's part of the problem is that everything is getting, all the information is getting very good at being addictive, you know? So mm. not just the entertainment industry, but the news media industry, a lot of the tech companies, like all, a lot of, a lot of these big companies, like they've figured out how to make things addictive, make products addictive, make services addictive. And so if you're not careful, you know, it's, it's one of those like, well, let me just click on this one site and see what they have to say or whatever. And you can end up in the spiral where, you know, next thing you know, you've spent three hours or, or you've been upset the last three weeks and you can't stop reading stuff or, you know, it's, it's like a, a lot of the news media right now, it, it, it's very similar to like a Netflix series where like, it's very much designed and packaged in such a way that you just keep watching and you, you, mm-hmm. you never stop. Um, so for me, it's the skill set is all about is kind of paradoxically, it's self-limitation. You know, the people who are most free right now are those who know how to set boundaries and limit themselves. It's the people who know to, to leave their phone out of, uh, the bedroom at night or, uh, you know, don't bring it into a meeting with a client or whatever, you know, it's the people who are able to delete, uh, the apps that are, they waste time on from their phones and not reinstall them. Like though that's, that's like the new kind of, I'm, I'm pushing this new idea of freedom out into the world. And, and, and my argument is that it's, it's true freedom right now comes from self-limitation. It comes from drawing those lines in your life and saying like, this is what I care about. Everything else stays out. Yeah. Well, it's such an idea, right? Because boundaries, they sound like a bad thing when you're talking, but what it really does is it, that limitation gives you a structure to work within because when you have unlimited possibilities, limited options, things get pretty tough. I mean, I can imagine for somebody like you, you went from, you know, being a relationship blogger, um, writing some, you know, engaging content there. And then you transitioned and started writing on your own site about probably very similar topics, but, you know, really pushing the paradigm of personal development in a totally different way. But then you wrote this book and it blew up. And I mean, before it blew up, you obviously had a very large audience, but how do you yourself go through the process of staying focused on the things that matter and keeping those boundaries in place when you went from, you know, success to a whole nother level you maybe never could have even imagined? It's a, it's a great question. And this is, this is something that I talk about a lot and it's something that, uh, you know, it's not exciting or sexy. Like you're not going to see any, uh, you know, infomercials with this headline. Uh, but it's success can, success can mess you up in that way. Like it's success can bring you too much opportunity that you lose sight of what, what actually got you there in the first place. And so, you know, when my, when my first book blew up, 
became wildly successful, you know, I spent a year or two kind of like stumbling around, you know, trying to figure out like, okay, what do I do next? How do I top that? Do I, do I even try to top it? People start coming at you with opportunities. You know, I found myself like talking to my agent about like taking meetings about a TV show and, and I'm sitting there like we're having like a serious discussion about a TV show and how amazing it would be. And then I realized I'm like, I haven't watched TV in like four years. Like why, why would I create a TV show? <laughs> this is the last yeah. thing I want to be doing with my life. Um, you know, so it's, you have to, it's very difficult to say no to the, those sorts of things. You know, it's very difficult to remember, you know, when, when you've got all these like very shiny objects being dangled in front of you um, to remind yourself of like, wait, no, this is the thing I'm exceptional at. This is the one thing that like, you know, I do better than almost anybody else. And that's what got me here. And if I drift too far away from that, I'm going to sabotage myself. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I struggle with that for a couple of years and it's, it's a, uh, it's very hard. It's very, so it's, you know, one of the things I tell people is I say success can actually complicate, it can complicate your life in many ways. It can, we, we like to imagine that success is going to fix everything in our life, though. It's going to make everything happy and easier. Um, but in all, at least in my experience, um, it does the opposite in many ways. Well, it's fascinating because it's like you get to this point, which is the pinnacle. You know, I, 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 I'm sure I'm going to have the number wrong, but I think Wikipedia mentioned 179 weeks in the top 10 on uh, New York bestseller, New York Times bestseller list. I yeah. mean, that's the pinnacle of success for a writer is to be able to impact that many people, sell that many books. And when I found in my own life, when I've hit success in real estate, of course, not the same level of success, but all of a sudden it feels like there's a whole nother pressure. There's a whole nother level of expectation that things need to stay at where sometimes that pressure is heavy and it really yeah. can weigh on you uh, to make the right decisions to make sure that you're not stepping in the wrong direction. And so how have you been able to narrow your focus and keep that boundary strong so that you're focused on your one thing? It's uh, I, I think it's very important to have good people around you, people who, who will be honest with you, who, who aren't yes men, <laughs> you know, people who are like, Hey, Mark, that's uh that the, that's actually, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, having those sorts of people are, it's unbelievably valuable. Uh, the, you know, the other thing that I, I've just, I've had to kind of learn the last couple of years is, um, is like, there's, there's an initial high that, that comes with a lot of opportunities, you know? So, you know, somebody would reach out and say, well, Hey, can you come to this event and do this? Or, or can you work with this person or, you know, whatever. And, and there's like a, there's like a, a status high that comes with that. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to meet this big celebrity and we're going to do this thing or that thing. And what I've learned is you have to, to give it enough time for that high to subside because no high lasts, you know, everything gets old after a while, you know? And so once that high kind of subsides, then I ask myself the question, okay, is this the sort of thing that I would be excited to do every day for like the next year? And in a lot of cases, it's not, you know, it's like, Oh wait, no, actually that's not 
very, that's not nearly, when I put it that way, it's not nearly as exciting uh, as it was when it was initially offered. And so I, I think it's, it's, it's a lot of it has been framing things, not in terms of like the immediate opportunity, but framing it more in terms of like the amount of time I'm going to have to spend over the next like one, two, three years. And, and when you start putting it that way, you're like, Oh shit, I don't want to spend that much time, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so it becomes much easier to let it go. What a great question to frame it in your own mind so that you can think to yourself, well, I mean, it feels really good to have other people clamoring to work with me, to have them on a show like like ours right now. Thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure to be able to talk with you, but to be able to try to understand, well, hey, well, what is really going to fill me up? And so a question I have for you is you talked about this idea of knowing what you're really good at, that you can only be really good at maybe one or two things. How did you discover that writing was one of those things for you? For me, it's, I mean, a lot of it is just trial and error. You know, and the funny thing is, is I, I don't even know if I would say writing is even the one thing that I'm exceptional at. I think it's writing about human psychology, I think is the, the one thing that I, for whatever reason, it's like, I've got that nailed. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, it was, I, you know, like you said, I, I started a number, I, I started my first inter- internet business in 2008. It was a small e-commerce website, barely, barely made any money. And I started a number of affiliate businesses. Uh, then I started, tried to start a web design business, uh, you know, and then it was eventually through starting like four or five different businesses that I landed on a website that sold promoted relationship advice. And originally it wasn't even my own. It was, I, I created a website that would get traffic and then I would promote like match.com or some other thing. And I'd make a few bucks if somebody signed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there I, I discovered that, it, you know, to grow that website, I needed to actually write about relationships. And so I started writing about relationships and it was at first, it was kind of the typical stuff of like, you know, mm-hmm. three things never to say on a date, you know, or dumb stuff like that. Um, you know, what to do if she doesn't call you back. But then, you know, as I started writing about that stuff, I'm like, man, this is boring. Like, let's actually get into like, why, like, why are we so insecure around dating and relationships? Why do we feel like incomplete if we don't have somebody in our life? And so I I just wrote a few of those types of articles and threw them up. And next thing you know, I'm getting more traffic and visitors than ever before. And so it's, I think when you don't know what that one thing is, you, you have to look at, at stuff that sounds a little bit crazy, sounds like off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. And then when, when, you know, once you find it, it's, it's one of those situations where you're like, wow, I put in like half the effort and I got 10 times the results, you know, and let's keep doing that again. Let's do that more and more yeah. and more. And, you know, I think in, it can work that way in any profession. You know, there, there, there are many, many ways to be successful in real estate. There are many ways to be successful in investing. There are many ways to be successful in, uh, in writing, you know, it's, it's, it's about finding that particular aspect of yourself, um, that differentiates you and sets you apart from everybody else in your industry. Like that, that's where your advantage is going to be. Mm. 
I want to let that set in for people because it's huge. It's this idea of just trying things. You got to go through that struggle. And that really reminds me of this quote. And I, I hope it's not misattributed, but you know, who you are is defined by what you're willing to struggle for is something that you mentioned. And I feel like, you know, have we forgotten the importance of that in our society today? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm one of the crusades I'm all, always on is, is that every, people are too fragile. Um, you know you know it's it's um and i'm not saying that like they're they're not legitimate problems and issues you know they there are a lot of legitimate problems and issues in the world right now and a lot of people do suffer but i guess my my what i'm on a crusade against is is uh our cultural attitude towards suffering you know there's we've lost our tolerance for it. We've lost our tolerance for discomfort and pain. And I, I see that as a very uh, dangerous thing. Yeah. It's dangerous because everything can't be easy all the time. And it's through that struggle that we end up gaining so much strength and we get to know who we actually are. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it's, and it makes things worthwhile. You know, it's like, if you, if you were just handed a bunch of real estate, you're just handed millions and millions of dollars worth of real estate. You'd be bored next month. You know, you'd be like, Oh, all right. Well, that was fun for a while. You know, it's, it's the working for it that makes it meaningful. Like that's, that's where the pride comes from. That's where the, that's where the value, not financial value, but like the emotional value, the internal value. That's, that's where it comes from. Yeah. Yeah. That's such, it's, it's so true because it's through that journey of actually getting there and feeling that you are the one who caused that to happen. Otherwise you get the millions of dollars of real estate and you'd be like, well, what's next? What am I going to do now? Because you didn't actually yeah. get fulfilled. You ended up getting what you wanted, but you didn't, it just appeared. So I think that's, that's, that's really smart. So I'm curious, shifting gears a little bit, obviously you've had a lot of success on your ability to be able to distill these ideas from psychology into a way that really appeals to people outside of the, the typical personal development space. And I, I'm very impressed by your website, specifically because you're one of the, the first people to bring the subscription model to play online and being able to bring subscriber content to folks in the editorial space. And one of the things I really particularly appreciate is the fact that you're bringing in outside professionals to kind of vet your work and to make sure that the information you're putting out is really making a difference for people. So what I'm curious is, as you've been building this online community of people that you're serving, how or what are some of the biggest uh, lessons that you learned in building that that you could pass on to other people who are going to be in the same space, looking at building community and an audience within their own business, whether that be real estate podcast or something in between. Man, <laughs> it's a, it's a good question. It's it's a hard question. Um, I think a lot of it, it comes down to, to really understanding like why, why do people, why do people, how do people respond to you in a way that's different than, than say somebody else? You know, what, what is it like, find that, that little piece of unique offering that you have that separates you from others and, and just live in that space. You know, it's, 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 I'm sure you've noticed it with this, with this podcast, you know, as people can get investment advice in a million different places, they can get real estate advice, a million different places. You know, it's, it's, 
ultimately in this day and age, what we're attracted to is the human side of, of brands and companies and, and advice. And so it's, it's the information has become very ubiqu- ubiquitous and, and cheap in a way it's, but it's the, the relationship and the community uh, where, where most of the value is found. And so I think it's just really understanding, you know, what's different about yourself and then what's different about the people who come to you, what, what makes them stand out and makes them unique. And then just live in that, that space um, yeah. that separates everything. Yeah, it's such it's such good advice because you really have to figure out who are you serving, who's attracted to you. And for yourself, obviously, you've carved out a very unique niche. I mean, how did you discover that for yourself or how could or how have you seen other people kind of make that discovery of what fits for you mm-hmm. or what fits for them? Well, with me, you know, I, I started I shifted my business brand businesses brand over to, to kind of straight up self-help advice. Uh, around 2013. And, you know, one thing that I just personally was kind of always frustrated with was, you know, I grew up reading self-help books and watching seminars and stuff in my teens and twenties. And, and I had a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. You know, I spent a lot of money. Some of the advice was good, but a lot of it wasn't. Uh, A lot of it was overhyped and, and in my opinion, vastly overpriced. Uh, and so I, I had kind of a bone to pick with it. And, and I started asking myself, you know, if I was to do self-help the right way, how would I do it? How would I change it? And a lot of the answers to that question kind of became what has made me stand out over the years. You know, it's, it's giving advice that's, that's backed up by science and evidence, you know, not just pulling a model out of my ass and selling it to people. <laughs> um, you know, that's the first one. The second one is, is being realistic about pain. You know, it's like, you're not going to be happy all the time. I don't care who you are. I don't care how awesome your life is. Some days are going to suck and you just got to get, you got to get used to it. Um, you know, and being upfront with that with people, I think a lot of people find, find that approach refreshing. And then just also being honest about my own fallibility. You know, it's, it's, I'm not some guy on stage who has all the answers. I'm, I'm a dude with the same problems you have. You know, I, I have the same insecurities you have, uh, here's what's helped me, but you know, the fight's not over. So instead of like me just throwing answers out there, like, let's have a conversation about it, you know? So that's always been my approach and it. And it's, and I think there, there was, I was fortunate in that the things that I felt were felt by a lot of people out there in the world. And I think that's the case a lot of times. And to, to more specifically answer your question, um, you know, a question that I, you know, when I get approached by young bloggers or YouTubers or podcasters or whatever, you know, a question that I throw at them is I, I say, I say, what is something that needs to be said in the world? And, and nobody is saying it, go say it mm. like that. That's, that's, what's mm-hmm. going to make you stand out. Um, and it's, and I think it's a powerful question too, because we all believe something different is not being said. You know, what, what's, what I think is important and not being said is going to be different than what you think is important and not being said. So, uh, so we're going to have different answers to that. 
Yeah. And that difference is what really kind of creates that authenticity with who you are, because you're not trying to, I'm not trying to be Mark Manson. You're not trying to be Steven Pesavento. You're not trying to be, you know, some other personal development uh, guru or teacher or trainer or writer. You're being you. And I think it really goes back to what you were saying earlier. Uh, Let me know if you disagree, but it really goes to trying things. You tried things, you wrote, you saw what really hit, what really made sense, what what people liked, and it happened to be something that you were you also 100% were ready to go all in on. So it kind yeah. of wraps everything together that, you know, if you figure out what it is that you care about and you're willing to put that out into the world and you keep trying things, that at the end of the day, you might end up in a place where you're going to be really satisfied and happy, but it won't always be that way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been amazing. I want to point people to go check out your books. Obviously, you've got some phenomenal books as well as markmanson.net, some great articles, tons of free content, as well as some premium content that you guys will get a lot from. Where else would you like people to find out more about you or get in touch? Uh, Check out the website. And then I've also got a a free weekly newsletter uh, called Mindfuck Monday, where I send out three ideas each Monday morning to kind of get people's brains rolling for the week. Um, you can just find that markmanson.net slash newsletter. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Wonderful. We'll include all of that in the show notes for all of you guys who have been listening. Mark, thank you so much for being here with us. Thanks for philosophizing and sharing some of your beliefs with us so that we might be able to run with those and make some changes in our own lives. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. 